Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. The question that I kind of want to target at you guys today is how do you build resilience when you're juggling a million things in your role? I think of resilience as a continuum. People will, some people will just naturally be more resilient because of, of their natural drives that, oh, hey, I want to have five, 10, 15, 20 things going on at once. And having a lot of things going on at once doesn't really impact me. It actually gives me energy. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's, oh my gosh, I have two or three things going on at once, or I have two deadlines today and I'm, I'm stressed. And so part of it is you need to understand what are your drives and where do you fall in that place? The second part is if you actually either place you land, you have to say what is really actually going on. Do I need to feel stressed and anxious about this? And what's the reality? Because a lot of times we, we put more pressure on ourselves than actually we need to. Do you know, Scott, I actually agree with you that part of this is, you know, we have a natural makeup. And so you're right. Some of us are going to be people that, you know, really like when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And then there are others that, you know, they just, it's just not in their makeup to carry as much on their shoulders. With that said, I think resilience is also a learned skill. So honestly, um, I'm just going to take you back to when COVID started. I was actually with my parents in Florida. And, um, you know, the world when COVID first hit in March of 2020, at least in the United States, you know, people were screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You know, I mean, it was this big, huge message. And all of these people my age were calling their parents in this retirement home who are 80 and 90 years old and saying, you need to come home and you need to do this. And right. And there was all of this stuff that they were trying to get their older parents to do. And all of these folks who were in their eighties and nineties were as cool as a cucumber. And I was laughing and it was like, why are you guys not being reactive? Cause I was being pretty reactive to that message. Their message to me was you young people. I mean, you know what? You think the sky is falling over this? Let me tell you what the sky is falling over. And they started talking about Korea and they started talking about Vietnam and they started talking about the gas shortages in the 70s and the recession and this and that. And what they really were saying is, guys, you're overreacting to the inputs into your system because here's the deal. We've gotten through crap before. We're going to get through crap again. And I think that's one of the things we forget is all of those peaks and valleys, we sometimes don't recognize that that's actually stretching that resilient muscle and that we can handle more than we think we can. And there's a piece, hold on a second, Budweiser. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. I'm glad we have an awesome editor. So there's a... (laughs) That's <laughs> staying in. Just so everyone knows, Scott just cracked open his eighth beer. So if he's slurring his words, that's why. And hey, by the way, that is a resilience technique. It's it not is. necessarily, however, one that is sustainable long term for your health, but it is a methodology. Yeah. yeah. 
what I believe as you, Tammy, you talked about this skill, this resiliency is a skill that can be learned. So I may have some natural resiliency, but there's a, there's a piece, you know, what I talked about is this element of, I have to look at what's really going on and I need to keep it in perspective. What's really the perspective? What's real? What am I, what am I inflating and what am I seeing in reality? Sometimes it helps. I tell people just write it out. When, when, what actually do you have and when is it actually due? or what's the likelihood that that thing is going to happen? You have to start to look at what are your trigger points when you start to feel that stress or feel like it's becoming too much and I'm starting to give in. And sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm just going to step away from the work for a moment. I'm going to do some breathing exercises. I'm, I'm going to meditate. Any, anyone can have lots of different go-tos. For those who know me, I use humor. I, I may... Um, right, be dark. a little mischievous, mischievous. Dark humor. Let's tell the truth. You, okay. you humor. It's dark, dark uh, humor. <laughs> yes, and and for those of you who are familiar with one of my favorite shows, um, right, it might be called the Dark Passenger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's the, each of us have a different way of dealing with that that stress or that piece that's pushing you over the resilience edge. One of the things, and Scott, you know, you're talking about breathing and you're talking about meditation. And of course, if you go out to the internet and say, you know, I'm burned out, what should I do? Or I'm feeling stressed, what should I do? That's like the number one and two things that they say. One of the misnomers about that, though, is that that's the only way. And so one of the pieces is to understand is as you have this input and and the input gets greater and greater, which means your stress is going up and up and up. You also have to increase your resiliency techniques in order to counterbalance that. So think of it as like air going into a balloon. Okay. That's the stress. And the balloon keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What you need to do before it gets overly big, overly stressed, is you need to have a way to have the air get out of there. So take some little pinpricks and put it in the back end of that. And those are your resiliency techniques. So, okay, that's meditation, that's yoga, if that's your thing. But also know it can be all sorts of things, things that actually just let you take a little steam off. So gardening for me, digging in the dirt, that's one of mine. So is eating a whole tub of ice cream at once. Okay. One of those is better for me than the other. That's the other thing is choosing ones that are healthy for you. But I can tell you, there are days I'm going to eat a cheesecake. Okay. And then there are days I'm going to garden. I should probably garden more often, but it's those things that bring you joy that are actually good for you. That would be the things that we're looking at for resiliency. So maybe it's gardening, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's reading, maybe it's going for a walk, maybe it's hugging your dog. Courtney has this cute little puppy, right? And one of the things you can tell is how much joy this puppy brings to her. That actually is a resiliency technique. An $800 resiliency technique. <laughs> <laughs> well, way more than that. I actually spent $80 to get her groomed today, so... Well, what's funny about that, Courtney, is um, shopping for some people, right, is a resiliency technique. Again, if you overshop, spend more money than you have, you're adding more stress. However, the joy of finding that puppy was probably part of the process of building resiliency for you. 
Yeah, I think you're right on with that. So that actually wraps up our episode on resiliency. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, if you have any topic suggestions, go ahead and reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box, and we will see you next week.